You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with the heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Um, dear God, thanks for today. Thanks for this time. And um, we thank you, Lord, for the rest that you have given us in Christ Jesus. And pray, Lord, that we would be able to enter into that rest by your grace. That's your prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, um, so first off, before... Uh, before we get too far down the road here, I need uh, I need I need uh, 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 some help from you guys. Don't let me forget my jacket over there to return this stool that I promised to return, and don't let me forget to collect my child from the nursery. <laughs> um, I uh, I have ha- I have a cold. I don't feel very good. Probably gonna want to wash your hands. Sorry about that, Michael. Um, and um, I also am in. Um, Hebrew, a crash course in Hebrew right now, one semester in Hebrew in three weeks, and I like wake up in the middle of the night like, Allah, bet, gamel, found it. So I, uh, we're kind of on another planet, but I'm excited about this class. Uh, this class um, is about Sabbath, it's about Sabbath rest, and um, uh, we, the kind of the motivation behind this class, you know, what we're generally trying to do with faith and family Uh, A couple of things. One, we're trying to give parents uh, a sense of comfort uh, and a a sense of comfort uh, through the gospel of grace because we all know how tiring parenting is, how scary it is, and how there's this sense, tends to be a perpetual sense of inadequacy. We all need to be reminded um, that we are enough through the righteousness of Christ. Like we're enough, we are loved apart from our performance. Uh, by God the Father, because of what Jesus has done in his life, death, and resurrection. So that, that's one thing. Another thing we're trying to do is give parents some spiritual tools uh, to spiritually invest in their kids. Um, they found in the past generation of kids that uh, there's a, like a horrendous dropout rate from the church, like a 70% dropout rate. Uh, and one of the key factors was that parents weren't investing in the spiritual lives of their kids and that's really uh, an indictment of the church because churches were doing, you know, all parents want to, you know, want to invest in their kids in different ways, particularly spiritually. But most parents are like, where do I start, right? That's a pretty complicated thing. It can be pretty intimidating. And so one thing we're trying to do uh, with this class is give like concrete, practical ways that you can invest in your child's spiritual life, help them grow in the, the love and admonition of the Lord. So, um, so anyhow, so this class, um, the reason that we're, this is a two-week series, and uh, John Halsey Wood is going to teach next week, uh, but this this series has to do with Sabbath. The reason for that is um, families seem really, really, really tired. Uh, families seem weary, and uh, they seem exhausted. And uh, and it also kind of seems that a lot of families kind of live under this tyranny of like nonstop activity, um, where uh, you know, it's like there's there's never a break, and so um, part of you know what what we're going to talk about is how the Sabbath is is a mandatory gift. The Sabbath is a mandatory gift, which kind of sounds oxymoronic, right? Like here you're going to take this and you're going to like it, um, but it's a mandatory gift from the Lord for that reason. And we do see some families who are pretty um, who are pretty committed to, um, to to trying to implement some kind of Sabbath principle in their family 
uh, and it's a real blessing to them. Uh, and their relationships as a family, it's a blessing to their kids, blessing to the parents, so on and so forth. And so um, this class, if you're one of those people and you come to the Advent and you're like, it's so theological, like they just talk about all these ideas all the time, and you're like, give me something practical, today is your day if you're the practical <laughs> person. And the, and the thing is, is I, I have so many points that I'm like, that you can't, you know, if you try to make eight points, you make no points, right? And so I was like, well, I guess what I'm going to do here is I'm going to just print out my notes. So these are my notes. It's nothing fancy. These are, these are for me. And I'm like, okay, I'll give you, give you my notes, and hopefully that'll, uh, if nothing sticks, you have this to refer back to. Um, so we are going to start out. We're going to draw from Genesis uh, chapter 2, Exodus 20, Exodus 31, and Hebrews 4. I'm going to read these four texts. And then I'm going to draw practical principles for your family um, that come out of these texts. Uh, so we'll get started with Genesis 2. This is, uh, this is the end of the creation account. And God, on the seventh day, takes a break. It says, on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So that's the first. Second text is Exodus chapter 20. Um, this, is, uh, this is the fourth commandment. Uh, this is a reinstitution of the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord our God. On it, you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock, or your sojourner, who is within your gates. For in, the, for, in this, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. All right, third text, Exodus 31, 15 through 17. Six days you shall work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Who, whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. Therefore, the people of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout their generations as a covenant forever. It is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Okay, and finally, um, this is from Hebrews chapter 4. So we're going, we're going into the, uh, the New Testament. Uh, and one thing to note here is that uh, in some ways we view Jesus as uh, the completion of the Sabbath in that the Sabbath was meant, is meant for rest and through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection there is a permanent rest that we enjoy in Christ. Uh, and so that, you know that that's part of what the author of Hebrews is talking about here. So he says, Since therefore it remains for some to enter it and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience, again he appoints a certain day. Today saying through David so long afterward in the words already quoted, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. This, this referring to the day that Jesus would make a permanent rest. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. Okay, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to just kind of go through a bunch of different observations um, related to Sabbath uh, in, in, in very practical terms. 
And the, the thing I kind of would like for you to hear is, as you're reading this, I can imagine this in some ways kind of feels like pressure, you know? Anyone who works on the Sabbath will be put to death, you know? That's a, <laughs> I'm going to pull out my gun. Everybody, okay, Sabbath, right? No. Um, but the thing I want you to hear is that the Sabbath is a gift. It's a gift uh, that's meant to, re- to like, give us boundaries. It's a gift that's meant to give us restoration. It's a gift that's meant to enable us to enter into the rest of Christ. Um, it's a gift that's made for us to enjoy, to enjoy what God has given us uh, in terms of the relationships he's given us, uh, to enjoy our relationship with him, uh, to enjoy the creation that he's given us. Um, but because of the world we live in and because of our sinful nature, we want to resist that gift. And so it, that's why I say the Sabbath is a mandatory gift. Um, and, and God is, is pretty hard-nosed in uh, exhorting his people to observe the Sabbath um, because he knows that we don't, we, we don't, we want to resist it. Um, so anyhow, so the first, the first thing, uh, first observation is that Sabbath is a mandatory need uh, for a 24-hour period in your life. Uh, so Sabbath is, by definition, like 24 hours uh, where you take a break. The word Sabbath comes from a Hebrew word. Um, I have not gotten to this word yet. Um, but it's, it, it means to cease or to desist. So to stop. And so when we see the word in the creation account, it says, you know, God had created the world and then he stopped. He ceased working and he rested and he enjoyed. Um, and so, uh, I, you know, when I was in college, this, this was really a huge blessing to me. I went to Wake Forest. People call it Work Forest. Uh, because it kind of has one of these almost like neurotic work all the time type mentalities. I have a, we have a, a student here, Mr. Wake Forest himself, Will Hargrave, uh, who is a student at Wake Forest. And, um, Will will probably tell you that, I can tell you in my day, it's probably true in your day as well, that for like students to take a full day off where they do not study and they don't do any work is not normal. Uh, plenty of people in the library on Saturday, Plenty of people in the library late afternoon on Friday. And so taking a Sabbath is just not, you know, taking a break is not, it's something that's very foreign. Uh, and so my college pastor said, I think it was my junior year, he said he challenged every one of us to take 24 hours where we did no work at all. Uh, put down your books, no studying, no computer, 24 hours. And it was so, so difficult. It was so difficult, but it was such a huge blessing. Uh, it was difficult because you had in your mind, like, oh my goodness, I've got to, I've got to, you know, I, I can't fall behind. I've got to get ahead on this paper. I've got this test on Monday, da, 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 da. Um, but he said, hey, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's on Sunday. It doesn't matter if it's on Saturday. It doesn't matter if it's on Friday. Just take 24 hours where you put down your books and you don't do anything, right? Um, and so that's when I started to do that. And I find, and I try, I try to stick to it. I find when I don't, uh, that it, I find myself in the coming week pretty tired and spiritually pretty shallow. Um, so just by definition, a Sabbath is a mandatory 24 hours where you put down work. It's obviously a little more complicated on what that means as a parent, right? Uh, if you're a parent, the work never ends, you know? Uh, it's not like, it's like, hey, for 24 hours, we're going to go put you guys in the closet. And, or we're going to see, you know, every week we're going to send you to grandma's house, so, you know. Um, but... Um, so obviously that's something where we have to seek the Lord's wisdom. And, and we can also see the way that Jesus talks about the Sabbath uh, with the Pharisees in the New Testament, that um, the, fa- the Pharisees were very dogmatic about, 
you can only walk this many steps, or you know, you cannot pick up something that weighs more than an ounce, or you can't, you know, all they had hundreds and hundreds of rules about what it means to violate Sabbath. Um, Jesus is obviously a, a lot more kind of flexible, a lot more gray on what it looks like. Um, but, uh, but anyhow, it, it is pretty clear though, it's a 24 hour period um, to put down work and to rest. Okay, second thing. Um, <laughs> that's funny, I had that note, minor surgery, lay on couch. Uh, I was going to say, uh, the joke with that is, it, it, when you have small children, like there's nothing better than having like a really minor surgery. <laughs> it like hurts a little bit, but the doctor's like, hey, you can't get off the couch for two two days, and you're like, booyah, you know? <laughs> oh gosh, um, yeah, gosh, it's, it's so wonderful. Uh, hoping for a minor surgery in 2019, <laughs> but you all know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> okay. All right, moving along. All right, second, we see that God is at the center of the Sabbath. So the Sabbath is not simply like you don't work for 24 hours. So that's a that's a big part of it. Something I meant to say is that it's fluid. Like for me, Sabbath is usually Friday or Saturday because I'm paid to be here, right? Professional Christian. Um, and for you, it might be Saturday. You know, in college for me, it was uh, like 1 o'clock on Saturday afternoon until 1 o'clock on Sunday when I got out of church. Um, so it wasn't like a full day itself. It was a 24-hour period. Uh, so anyhow, there's some flexibility in that. All right, second thing. God is at the center of it. So it's not simply there is a part of it that, in, that involves in, like enjoying your life, you know, like spending time with your family, uh, doing something outside, gardening, whatever it is, uh, hiking, so on and so forth. Um, but God is at the center of it. So a part of the Sabbath is for, um, it's almost like sometimes in marriage, you know, you have a date night. And a date night is like a very deliberate effort for you and your spouse to um, be away from your kids and to enjoy time together, you know, and it's concentrated. And it's for the sake of your relationship. I can remember when I got married, somebody said, try to have a date night, even if it's just at home once a week with your spouse. Uh, and that's particularly important when you have kids. Uh, similar kind of thing with a Sabbath with the Lord. Um, that's part of like what coming to church is. Coming to church is concentrated time with God, where you know in the two hour or two hours that you're here, um, you're you know um, worshiping God, you're in Christian fellowship, you're praying, uh, you're receiving the teaching of the Word. Um, but a Sabbath um, is meant to be uh, for the sake of um, God is at the center of it, uh, and the, the restoration and investment in your relationship with God is a part of it. So if you're like me, and you, you take your Sabbath on a non-Sunday. Uh, a big part of my Sabbath day is that I have kind of like an extended quiet time during that time. So, you know, so there's that. All right, third, Sabbath is a gift. It's a mandatory gift. Notice in uh, Genesis chapter 2 um, that the Lord says, um, or sorry, the, the, the author says that God blessed the day. God blessed the day. Um, and so that with that being said, that means that, it, that, that means that it was meant to be a gift. Like the Sabbath is a gift to us. Um, but it's, it's, it's a mandatory gift. Uh, the fourth command, it says you have to do it. Exodus 31, it says you'll be put to death if you work on the Sabbath. Um, it's serious, but, but it's meant to, you're meant to think about the Sabbath as a gift. There could be a uh, possibility that you're hearing this lesson so far and you're like, oh my goodness, I've never done this before. 
um, or like this is going to be impossible for me, like there's no way I could take a Sabbath, or I'm such a bad Christian because I've never thought in these kind of terms, whatever it is, don't hear this as like condemnation or failure. Like hear this as, hey, there is there is a gift that God uh, has created for you that he wants to extend to you, and like now could be the time that you get to enjoy that gift. Um, I can remember my first year youth ministry, I was uh, all by myself for the first like seven months, and we, we had a very, very misguided summer schedule. I think we did like three mission trips and went to Six Flags twice, <laughs> and, um, and uh, gosh, it was, it, was, it was really, really, really tiresome. Um, and anyhow, by the end of July, uh, I was so, so burned out. And Gil Cracky said, "Hey, you need to um, you need to, to take a, you need to take a break, a permanent break, and don't come back to the office until you're actually excited about your job again." Uh, he's like, "You can't come to staff meeting. I don't want to see emails from you. You just you just need to you. I am ordering you as your boss to take a break. Don't come back until you're refreshed." I came back about 12 days later. Um, <laughs> that's true. Um, so he, as my boss, was giving me an order, but it was a gift, right? Because, I mean, I was so miserably tired. Uh, as I say, I was resentfully tired. Um, and, uh, and he was giving me a gift to, like, restore myself. Sabbath is meant to, be a, to function in a similar way for, for, a similar way for us. I know somebody um, who has worked, his, his career has been in uh, hedge funds, and uh, at the beginning of his career, he was in New York. And he just talked about the culture of hedge funds and the, and, and the financial sector. And he said it used to be super frowned upon uh, for people to take a vacation. Uh, you know, it's like, yeah, you get two weeks of vacation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. You know, and if you took a vacation, that was kind of like a unwritten uh, mark against you on your review, uh, that you weren't really dedicated enough, so on and so forth. Well, they found that, you know, they either were turning through employees or they had people with mental health issues or whatever. And now... He said uh, in the sector, he's, he's no longer, he still works in hedge funds, but he's in the South now. But he said now at J.P. Morgan, where he used to work, it's like, you must take two weeks. Like, there is no option. You have to take two weeks vacation. Uh, and, and if you don't, then that actually is against you because it shows you're not taking care of yourself and you're going to burn out. And so it's a similar kind of thing that with the Lord's commandment here, um, that he is, uh, it's that this mandatory gift, that um, he's saying, you've got to take a break. You've got to rest. Um, so anyhow, all right, so anybody have any questions so far? I'm just kind of like, point number one, point number two, thing. all right, we'll keep on going. All right, number four, Sabbath is meant to enjoy and restore the relationships and gifts God has given us. Um, okay, so Jesus, Mark chapter two says, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. Uh, as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. He also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Uh, so the way that the Pharisees were interpreting and practicing the Sabbath was, was really um, was enslaving. Uh, it was all about you got to do this and you can't do this and so on and so forth and they lost sight of what the purpose was and Jesus here is saying Sabbath is for you you know God doesn't need the Sabbath I mean God took a Sabbath 
but God doesn't grow tired. You know, he doesn't grow weary. He, uh, yeah, he, is, he has infinite power, infinite energy, but he still took a Sabbath. Jesus took a Sabbath. Uh, and, 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 and so God takes a Sabbath to enjoy the, the, the work, the fruit of his labor. And so I think one thing that I would have in mind as you think about a Sabbath is that it is part of the purpose is it is meant for you to enjoy, uh, the gifts that God has given you. Uh, so like time with your family, um, time with friends, uh, you know, time uh, I, I always on my sabbath like run or swim like i really it's very restorative for me um and i just enjoy it but you know that's that that would be enjoying the created things that god has given us like exercise um enjoying food we had a we had a money ball sabbath yesterday in the sense that we ate three meals together as a family it's like as a record um we had waffles for breakfast we had hot dogs out on the back porch and then we went out to pf chang's for dinner like what a day anyhow um <laughs> But I think that's something to keep in mind that it's, it, part of it is, you notice that God spent six days creating the world, uh, and then on the seventh day he stopped to kind of reflect and to enjoy what he had done. I think there is a tendency, especially, uh, in a hard driving culture, that you work so hard, work so hard, work so hard, and it's kind of like, when are you ever gonna enjoy, you know, the things that you've either worked for or the things that God has put in your life, right? I mean, I think for a lot of people, the mentality is like, okay, I'm going to fill up that 401k and pay off the mortgage and get the kids' college paid off, and then I'll enjoy my life, right? Then I'll enjoy all these things. Well, no, like, you have blessings in your life now, and God is saying, you know, you need to enjoy them now. And so part of, one way to think about Sabbath is enjoying, um, enjoying uh, the gifts that God has given you in your life relationally in terms of creation and spiritually, you know, like coming to church, um, Hopefully, uh, is is a time where you can enjoy uh, your relationship with God. So, enjoy the things that you've received in the in the gospel. All right, gosh, it's a lot of stuff. Sorry, guys. Um, number five, uh, Sabbath is a period of needed rest. Um, God rested on the seventh day. Uh, sorry, this is Genesis two. Say, God rested on the seventh day from all His work that He had done. Uh, oh, so Hebrews four it says, um, "Let us therefore strive to enter that rest." so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. So basically you can see, I might skip this point. Um, basically you can, I'm just gonna make this real simple. Uh, like we need rest, right? We need, we need a break. Uh, and so um, our, 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 we, are, we cannot go all the time. Um, if we try to go all the time, like we will uh, fall apart. Uh, and so, uh, part of the Sabbath, you know, part of a lot of the restrictions on things you can and can't do is to enforce that you get physical rest, right? So like taking a nap on a Sunday afternoon, I think that's a very godly thing personally. I think that's a good practice. I think that's a good, uh, I, I really do. I'm not saying that tongue in cheek. I, 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 um, I really do think that that's a, that's like a good, um, a good practice. Uh, yeah, just, Put the kids in front of the TV and go take a nap. No, just kidding. Um, but yeah, so that's part of it, physical restoration. Um, that's not exactly what the author of Hebrews is talking about there, but I'm going to take some liberty. All right, so number six, um, a need for sacred boundaries in our family lives. Okay, this is one thing I would say. Uh, this is a, this may be one of the, the points I would probably want to make the most clear. I think one thing that we can take out of this is that uh, as families, we need sacred boundaries. Sacred boundaries. And so you can see that's what a Sabbath is. God says, 24 hours, no work. Worship me, um, 
physically restore yourself, enjoy your life, 24 hours, right? So it's a boundary that's been put up. Uh, and it's sacred. God, you know, it says that God um, blessed that day and he called and he made it holy. Uh, so that means, if it's holy, that means we don't touch it, right? Untouchable. And so, you know, I think some uh, some kind of outpour- outworkings of this Sabbath principle is for the sake of our families, for the sake of our sanity, for the sake of our spiritual lives, um, we need to have sacred boundaries uh, in our lives. So, for example, a sacred boundary that I have that I don't keep as much as I should is when I come home from work during the power hour from 5.30 to 8, when it's like feeding and baths and lotions and story time and where's the lovey and all that, my phone needs to be on the charger. Like, I don't need to have access to my, to my phone. That's a sacred boundary because if I do have my phone in my pocket, I will want to pull it out and check my text messages and see recruiting notes and all that kind of stuff, and I will be distracted. Um, and it's not it's not in the best interest for me as a father or a spouse. Um, and there is I, it is not, definitely not good for me as a spouse because there's nothing more frustrating when you know you're like bathing a baby with this hand and like reading the update on the you know the Clemson Alabama line in the other hand. No. Um, but yeah, we need sacred boundaries like that. I know a family in our church, and they would always say to their daughters on Monday, pick the night, Friday or Saturday night, pick the night that we're going to hang out. Uh, and so the daughters would, you know, say, okay, well, we're going to go to the football, the high school football game on Friday night, so let's do Saturday night. That's our, that's forced family fun. Uh, and so that was a sacred boundary, though. One night, of, one night of the weekend, they were going to hang out with their mom and dad, uh, and they would, you know, resist it and complain sometimes. But they inevitably said they loved it. And it was a huge blessing. And it was, and the mom was really, the mom and the dad were both really good about, like, not backing down from it. Um, there was, there was some t- tenacity in that. So, um, so with that being said, like, Sabbath is a sacred boundary that God has established. And it's, it's a really good idea for you to think about sacred boundaries in your family. Uh, another one from another family is, uh, cell phones, no cell phones out in the car for anybody. Uh, cell phones go in the glove compartment when teenagers get in the car, uh, and for the mom, and for the mom and the dad, uh, because that's a sacred place. The car is a sacred place for the family. That's where they talk. So uh, I know some of you, you know, you're in the car like 200 miles a week, uh, just driving carpools, and that's, you know, that's you can make a sacred boundary there. All right, so there's that. All right, number seven. Um, those in authority hold responsibility to extend the Sabbath to those under their charge. So in Exodus 20. It says, on it you shall do no, you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, your livestock or your sojourner who is within your gates. So Chick-fil-A, right, model Christian company, they, you know, they don't, they don't, they're not open on, uh, not open on Sundays, right? And we all, we all know that frustrating feeling when you're coming back on a trip and you're like, oh, Chick-fil-A, and you're like, that go with those Christians, right? <laughs> oh, we're going to have to go to Wendy's. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, um, so with that being said, one thing I would say for you as a parent is um, your, you know, your child, um, your, your your child does not know how to enforce proper boundaries. That's something they have to be taught by an adult. And so um, whether it's like a you know a Sabbath and uh, like kind of enforcing a Sabbath on your child on a weekend of like, hey, you cannot do any homework. For 24 hours, you know, like put your backpack in the car or whatever, um, or yeah, or, or or like, hey, we're not we're not doing any soccer on Sunday mornings, whatever that whatever that looks like, based on the wisdom you received from the Lord, 
but do you understand, especially with technology, like, and, and, and this idea of like having a Sabbath through family, like you will have to enforce it on your children. Uh, they are not gonna naturally like fall in line. Um, and so, uh, I, I will say that, um, I know this is really tricky, you know, because, um, there are a lot of really good things, um, you know, good, good things that happen on the weekends. And, um, and I, I know I'm going to have to ask you guys for advice on this because I'm not there yet. You know, my, uh, my oldest at home is in the in kindergarten. So we don't, we don't have any, we don't face these travel sport conflicts or anything like that. Um, and you know, there's no homework in kindergarten. Um, but, uh, but, uh, all that to say is, um, recognize that like this is something that you'll have to introduce and you'll kind of have to impose on your children uh, because they, they're not naturally going to fall in line with it. But it's good for them. Like I did not really, um, pause now. I didn't, I didn't have any sense of boundaries like as a, as a kid. And that's part of why I was so unhealthy as like a college student, as a graduate student, because um, I really needed someone in my life to say, Hey, it's it's not a good idea for you to do homework like five hours on Saturday and then like nine hours on Sunday. Like you can't do that, you know. Um, and so um, and so that I had terrible mental health, uh, terrible mental health uh, in terms of depression and anxiety, like in my early twenties. And that was when like counselors and pastors were like, "Your lifestyle is not sustainable. You know, it's not sustainable." And so and that that was when I started to get a sense of like, oh. Maybe I do need to like not work at home after you know after I come home. Maybe I do need to like make exercise and sleep a priority in my life. Maybe I do need 24 hours where I don't do this. And so um, all that to say, like part of part of at the core of what Sabbath is is like God teaching us boundaries. God teaching us boundaries for a healthy spiritual, physical, emotional life. And, and that's something that we we need to that, something that Sabbath enables us or gives us license and permission to do for our kids, to teach them about like healthy, balanced lives and boundaries. Um, last thing, it's been a lot of info. Uh, we, we have we have a point, we have a, a saying in junior high and senior high youth ministry. If you make more than two points with a junior high kid, you've made zero points. Uh, you know, make two points, you probably make one. Uh, with senior high kid, you make three points, you make one or two. You're, they're going to get one or two. If you make five points, they're going to get zero. Eight points, mm, we'll see. Um, but uh, the last thing is like the Sabbath is a challenge. Um, you know, the Jews, uh, so it's interesting when God reinstitutes the Sabbath in the wilderness, anybody have an idea why that would be? When they've come out of Egypt, God has to reinstitute it. Why was there no Sabbath in Egypt? They were slaves, slaves, right? And so, uh, so they worked all the time. And so that's why God, it was not in there. It was, you know, they were not observing the Sabbath in the wilderness. It wasn't a matter of they were being terribly disobedient or hard-hearted towards God. It doesn't matter if that just wasn't, it really wasn't an option for them. And after, you know, three centuries of, of, of slavery, uh, it had to be kind of retaught to them. And so, um, so anyhow, so a lot of us kind of feel like we're slaves to the grind, right? So slave to your, uh, slave to your email or slave to your job, always on call. Um, so it's challenging. Another thing to keep in mind is that, you know, Israel was an agrarian society. Uh, and I don't, anybody here ever grow up in a farming family, farming community? Okay, yeah. So you know that like for farmers, there are seasons where they don't work a lot. But when it's like planting season and, 
the work seasons, like it is to their best advantage to work every single day. Um, it, it and if you don't work every day, there is this feeling of, oh, you know, we're falling behind, or what's going to happen to the crop, or we're going to lose money, so on and so forth. I have a friend who's um, who's a farmer in Mississippi, and he communicated that to me that like taking a day off um, is creates a lot of anxiety. And so I think that, that that's true for us, you know. And so basically, part of the Sabbath, you have to trust the Lord, trust the Lord that like when you put everything down that the world doesn't actually fall apart, right? Trust the Lord that, you're, that the world is not actually, you're not the axis of the world that it's spinning around. You know, that like he is, uh, I had, honestly, when I started doing this in college, I re- it was like panic. Like, what is going to happen if I don't work on a paper on Saturday? I know that's so crazy. But uh, Paul Walker has a saying, um, go take a two-hour nap and, and uh, see how not important you are. <laughs> and so it does. It takes, it takes faith. Um, the, uh, yeah, it takes faith and, uh, it, you know, it takes, um, in, in Hebrews it says we have to strive to enter that rest. Um, it's, it's, it's so oxymoronic, um, that we have to fight for rest. You know, we have to fight, strive for boundaries, uh, you know, strive to, um, to have a time when you can actually enjoy your life. Uh, but that's, um, but it's, it's really worth it. And, and the families that I talk to, who uh, have something along these lines that looks different, and a lot of in, in, in the different families it looks different how they implement this. But they will say it is such a blessing, especially from a standpoint of being able to connect with your kids in a meaningful way, uh, especially um, for your family to like corporately connect with the Lord. Um, it's a huge blessing. And so um, yeah, that was a ton of information. But we have nine minutes left. Um, and I, I just, uh, before I take any questions, I'm just going to be totally honest here. This is not a cop out. Um, I'm speaking more from a theoretical standpoint, right? Because I've got one, four, and six. And it's easy to do this when you've got a one, a four, and a six-year-old and no one plays any sports and no one really has any homework. And, you know, I have a job that, uh, you know, things, things can come up over the weekend. But for the most part, like, uh, a Sabbath is encouraged and, uh, yeah, and it's kind of expected. So, so I, I do understand that it's a lot messier than what I'm presenting here, um, and that you, a lot of you guys have a lot more wisdom than I do on this. But anyhow, anybody have any questions? Not a question, Cameron, but I'll make a um, I'll tell you a place where I was convicted in what you said. Growing up in a farming community, it was unspoken, but basically we worked from when we could to when we couldn't. Mm-hmm. You rested. And then you just did it again and again and again. And listening to you, it brought that a lot of times today I would, you know, proudly say, because I love the work I do, well, I work from when I can to when I can't. Yeah. Rest. But then I see where there's a, um, there's a problem. Sure. So thank you. Yeah, sure. Sure. I feel you. Uh, anybody else? Yes. Mm. Uh, that I read like a year and a half ago, and one of the takeaways was the chapter on Sabbath, and it talked about a lot of the things you're saying, but it kind of said to take baby steps to start out, like, mm. say like from one to five on a Sunday. I mean, you can work up to 24 hours, but that maybe seems cumbersome for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and you talked about like, implementing it with your children, but it was really big on implementing it with your spouse, too. And I personally have kids involved in stuff, but Sundays actually are pretty chill. There's not a lot going on. Mm-hmm. 
but it's the, but your Saturdays are so like you're trying to get stuff accomplished at home on Sundays because that is really the one day yeah. there's not a ton going on. So you're like, let's do this around the house instead of doing a lot of have tos instead of want tos. Huh. And so it kind of convicted me not to make my husband do a lot on those days, which means like on Friday afternoon or Saturday morning, I'm like, here's your list of stuff you have to do. Get it done by Saturday. Yeah. So I try not to let him, I try not to ask him to do a lot on Sundays because that's his day yeah. to figure out what he wants to do with it. But it's also that it wasn't like liberty to like binge out on Netflix all day. And be like, it's like, yeah, that's a good word. Yeah. Going on a walk it doesn't mean you have to just lay around, but it does make you enjoy the other six days of work if you would really relax and just enjoy life on one day. That is that is very very good. That's very, thanks for sharing that. That's great. Um, if if you didn't listen to anything I said, just listen to what she said <laughs> and that's the class. That's great. <laughs> That's great. That's really good. Could you, Cardwell, could you repeat that? You can sabotage the electric grid and. Um, any, uh, anybody else? Okay, so can I ask some parents who have taken children, like, you know, your kids are already out of the house. Would any parents who are older um, than, than, say, the median age here uh, care to chime in? Bless us with some wisdom on this. Not looking at the Phillips or the Lankfords. <laughs> you don't have to if you don't want to. And of course the rule was leave your phones, they're not allowed at the table. And you know, we had very uncomfortable conversations, we had great conversations, but we got it out. And I right. don't know how that worked, I mean how we were able to do that, maybe because we didn't have athletes, but we had busy kids. We just yeah. got together at the table. It's really good. Sacred boundary, really good. Anything else? All right, I want to pray for us. Uh, thanks so much, uh, especially thanks for everybody who chimed in. That was really, really helpful. All right, uh, Father, uh, you are the God of good gifts. And uh, pray, God, first off, that um, we wouldn't experience any kind of shame or uh, accusation, feeling like we failed, Lord, but um, you have made the Sabbath for us. And so uh, pray that you would uh, enable us, to give us the grace to enjoy that. Pray also that you give us the wisdom to... To know, um, to know what this looks like, uh, it's, it's not a one-size-fits-all kind of thing, 
And uh, but most of all, I, I pray God that that we really would have um, space in our lives where we could enjoy You, we can enjoy uh, the the blessing of the gospel, and um, I I pray too that we can enjoy our relationships and our lives and, and the different things You've given us, and have grateful hearts that love. Um, and adore the person Jesus Christ even more. So we trust you with these things. Ask your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.